0: hey everybody welcome to the goodie reader radio show my name is michael and today on the show we're going to talk about a few things we're going to talk about rss and is this something that you use on a daily basis on your e-readers there's a lot of companies that bundle apps that allow you to browse uh stripped down versions of web pages on an e-reader very indicative uh but do you use it in your daily life do you have feedly installed on your phone uh, or do you use the internet browser chrome safari and so on uh, to visit your favorite sites or do you just download the official app kind of want to know your thoughts about that uh summertime so obviously a lot of people are at the beach at the summer cottage Uh, they're in a lot of places where there's like water and sand and things like that we're gonna look at the best waterproof and dustproof e-readers on the market and the big story that we're going to talk about today is 3g on e-readers early on in e reader revolution barnes and noble and amazon both had 3g on their e-readers that allowed you to browse the web to check Facebook, to purchase e-readers outside of a Wi-Fi area. But around 2011, this started to uh, not really happen anymore, and 3G on e-readers stopped before it really got started. We're going to talk about that. First of all, let's talk about waterproof e-readers. Uh, summertime, it's... Um, I'm one of those people that are like, I like spring and I like autumn uh, because... I have a lot of blazers i have a lot of dress shirts and those are the sort of the two times a year where i could just like wear a blazer and a dress shirt and feel totally comfortable during summertime it's a little too hot but i love chilling at the beach i've been doing a lot of gardening this year um in front of my building there is like a lot of plots that were very underdeveloped for a number of years there was an old stairway uh in front of uh you know overlapping this big like you know space where flowers can grow and then it it became kind of ramshackle after a while so the building managers uh tore it down and they were thinking about putting like bike things there and i was like well vancouver's like one of the highest bike theft capitals of the world people probably want to just like lock them where they're locked right now and Kind of me and somebody in my building this year just went hog wild with gardening. We have, like, planted... I planted at least, like, 60 flowers. And she planted, like, wildflowers and, like, vegetables, like, uh, cucumbers and... All these herbs and stuff. So the front of our building is actually looking awesome, and I've been doing a lot of gardening, and I find it's tremendously cathartic. And I've been like watering them, like the garden, every day, and uh, suntanning like on the front lawn. And I haven't, I, you know, I live a few blocks from the beach, but I'm hardly ever there, which is kind of weird. Um, but a lot of people like being at the beach taking like a a day in the weekend and going with the family uh, there's a lot of sand it's very corrosive to uh, tech devices uh summer homes at the lake and things like that maybe you're reading your e-reader like in a canoe or on the dock or you know there's a lot of situations where waterproof e-readers make a lot of sense if you live in a family with little kids everything's being spilt everywhere and if you spill like a full thing of apple juice on a normal e-reader uh Uh, It can get ruined, whereas waterproof e-readers are kind of immune to that. So waterproof e-readers aren't just like for like water, but like tea, coffee, uh, you know, pop, all that type of stuff. So these are my picks. Uh, Kindle Oasis 2, uh, second generation Amazon. Kindle Oasis came out in November of 2017 and was the first Kindle e-reader that was larger than six inches uh, other than the Kindle DX, which came out in 2009. Second-generation Kindle 2 is waterproof and dustproof, so you don't have to worry about it. You know, in the swimming pool or chilling at the beach. Um, once you're finished reading a book, you can throw on a pair of wireless headphones and listen to an audio book from Audible. I also like the Kobo Aura H two O Edition Two. This was released last May but is a tremendously relevant device. Kobo has put this on sale uh, numerous times this summer as well as Chapters Indigo in Canada. They haven't discounted it in the United States on the Kobo uh, US site and to my knowledge they've never discounted any of their e-readers on the Kobo site uh, in the US. So. I know that if you live in the US, you can actually order an e reader from the Indigo site and it's in Canadian dollars. Sh- shipping is like either free or very low. And once you pay the con. Conversion, you're actually paying way less money. So uh, that's a little trick uh, for all you people looking to buy Kobo that live in the US. Uh, But Kobo Aura Edition 2 for the HDO, uh, 6.8 inch screen. It has comfort light technology so you can um, mute the bright white light and give various degrees of orange. I also like the Pocketbook Aqua 2, came out last year and it remains one of Pocketbook's most popular devices. It's waterproof, dustproof. And uh, it has actually flaps guarding the USB port. So this is something that a lot of companies don't do. Uh, the Tolino Epos has a giant seven point inch capacitive touchscreen display and is the first Tolino branded product that is larger than six inches and it has extra real estate for reading books it also has the same comfort light system as the Kobo H20 it's primarily relevant for people who live in Belgium Germany Netherlands or Italy where there's actually uh a Tolino bookstore that you can buy and purchase ebooks i also like the barnes and noble nook GlowLight light plus now this isn't the latest generation uh nook e-reader that's a the glow 3 this one came out 2015 and it's ip67 certified which means you can leave it submerged in fresh water for up to 30 minutes at a maximum depth of one meter it's um it's a good e-reader i i kind of really like it Uh, The Kobo Aura 1 is waterproof, giant uh, 7.8-inch screen, it's the only e-reader that allows you to borrow ebooks directly from the library so you can save some money in the long run and those are my top picks there's a video uh that i'm going to link to in the description of this podcast uh that will allow you to check out uh these e-readers in action as we reviewed them pouring water on them the things that you can do with the screen when they're when there's water on it a lot of e-readers um you can't turn the pages of an ebook if there's water all over the screen. You actually have to wipe the water off in order to turn pages. It's sort of like the screen sort of goes into a standby mode when there's water on it. So uh, you can't, like, churn pages of ebooks while the e-reader's submerged. Like if you're scuba diving or whatever you're doing with water on it, you actually have to clear the water off. But at least you won't uh, ruin the e-reader. RSS. This is... Uh, something that got really popular in the early web when things started going mobile people didn't really have an app version of their website Uh, google reader was probably the most uh, famous one you just like selected websites and you had their rs content and you could like have four or five of your favorite websites on a single reader and you know whenever there's a top story it's pushed to the top uh companies like feedly uh pushed it a little bit further it allows you to basically choose specific genres like tech books Uh, fashion Medical things like that and there's a bunch of preloaded big websites that you can kind of pick and choose and you can actually enter your own as well so a lot of e-readers have rudimentary RSS uh, apps on it. Nothing from really Barnes Noble and Kobo, but a lot of European brands like uh, Pocketbook and Icarus and companies like that tend to bundle RSS readers and they name it after their own company. But it, it basically uh, strips away all the CSS, all the graphics, and all you have is text. So it's, it's very indicative to e-readers. Uh, Kobo has a relationship with Pocket, and they actually have pocket articles that have been optimized for e-ink uh, on uh, the e-reader so although kobo doesn't really have an official rss solution they do have pocket integration and this has been something that's been uh, Fairly popular on all their devices for a long time. Uh, if you've never really heard of Pocket, uh, basically what you can do is download like browser extensions for any major web browser, mobile or on your desktop. And if you see articles you like, you could uh, s- you know select them and they're sent to your Pocket account. And then if you have the Pocket app, they're just all there. But it, like, we're talking about e-readers, of course. So uh, all the e- all the articles are just like pushed to your Pocket account on your Kobo and this is a way that you can kind of stay abreast of like the latest news uh, which is pretty cool so as the web kind of matured um, more companies started releasing official apps made mobile responsive versions of like their website Uh, they did AMP which is accelerated mobile pages these are uh, websites that are loaded on the google servers so they instantly load it's like facebook instant articles so you know the web's kind of changed where rss used to be popular now it's kind of fringe and people are using like amp instant articles for the most part Uh, this is when you're on facebook and then you click on an article and it instantly loads and you're sort of within the facebook ui but all the information's there on facebook um amp is, is something by google that they released like five or six years ago Uh, it allows websites to serve up stripped up versions of their site if you've ever browsed around on your smartphone like googled around and stuff like that you notice that Uh, There is like featured articles at the top, like top stories, like if you Google Amazon or Kindle or something, and then there's like, you know, articles written by like Fortune or like the New York Times, Bloomberg, and if you click on it, they instantly load. Usually there's a little lightning bolt associated with that too, and that means that it's an accelerated mobile page, and this is something that we've done with Goody Reader. It was a big learning curve to get AMP working on our site, and it was partly because if you Google like, Big things to do with like Kobo or Kindle or you know all things Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Nook News, and things like that. Um, we were in Google News, but when you were just browsing around on Google, our website would show up, but there would really be no pictures. And it kind of caught me thinking that like, okay, I'm going to set up AMP, and then this way, like featured articles are there. So if you Google Goody Reader, you'll see our top stories and like a carousel of pictures that you can like swipe and then click on you. Click Click on it, and, like, it's an accelerated mobile page, so it instantly loads. Pretty cool stuff. It took me a while to get my head around it because it was it was just something I had, like, no experience with. But I'm so happy that we did it because we have, like, basically uh, a news app that you can download for Android. It has our podcast system and our news website. Uh, you can just do day and night mode. It has like a lot of text uh, options to uh, do things like that. It actually works really great on e-readers. Um, And so it's a way to keep up to that. We have accelerated mobile pages, which is basically just for people that are googling around on their like tablet or on their smartphone. Those are the only people that are really going to encounter it. You're not going to really encounter it like on your desktop or um, you know like. Your Mac and things like that your laptop you won't really kind of see it same if you have like a large screen tablet it's not really considered a mobile device So you usually get that desktop experience uh, with the full browsers um, we also have like our responsive website so when you go to goodyreader.com like on your mobile device you'll norm- you'll get our, like our responsive like website which is basically the same theme and color scheme that we use like on the main goodyreader.com website so we have different ways that you could visualize uh, visit us and different like apps that you could use and i think that that's probably one of the big reasons why rss is not really used as much as it, it used to be just because of all the things i just mentioned there's a ton of viable alternatives that are like faster and more robust amp in particular is almost like the next generation rss because it has the picture of the article but it's on google server so it's like it instantly loads so even if you're like on a 2g internet connection uh which is like a lot of like the sub uh uh you know african like nation um you know india uh, bangladesh a lot of companies countries that don't really have um you know stable internet and if they do it's like 2g and this is like why facebook wants to constantly like Bring the internet to the billions of people that don't have it so it's always these moonshot ideas about blimps about like drone like you know um those big drones that like fly thousands and thousands of feet uh below it and they could like they're solar powered so they could pretty well like run indefinitely um there's all these companies always with great ideas about how to bring like wi-fi and internet to like the rest of the world that really doesn't have it and Uh, That's probably why you get them online and you know, they're buying your products. They're doing business with you uh, They're invested in your ecosystem and so on. So I'm interested to know in the comments section below uh, What do you think about RSS? Is it something you use in your daily life like apps like feedly and things like that or pocket? Um, If you do I want to know about it so the big story this is 3G on e-readers, 4G on e-readers, LTE on e-readers. Is this something that you want to see? I certainly do so amazon was the first company to do 3g uh they did it with uh at&t and in the early years they only had like certain spots that you can do because around that you know 2007 really wasn't a lot of uh, like <laughs> like 3g internet around it was until really like a few years later that more companies started investing in it so amazon early years you could just unlimitedly browse like the internet and then like around like 2011 they started to implement like a 50 mb limit so for checking facebook and things like that and then they disabled like you know browsing and stuff all together on 3g the only things that you can really kind of do is shop for books buy shop for audiobooks uh purchase content if you have things that are stored in like the kindle cloud you can download it over 3g and then there's like a few websites that you can visit that are immune to like the 3g restrictions but it's usually relegated to like wikipedia and things like that you just can't like browse the internet willy-nilly on 3g uh, the first generation nook that came out. Uh, I believe like in 2010 this was the one with the LCD on the bottom and the e-ink screen on like the top and This was the one recently that Barnes & Noble uh, discontinued support so uh, you can't buy books you can't log in your Barnes & Noble accounts basically like a, a doorstop now and this was the only nook e-reader that was released that actually had 3g internet and then in like 2011 they discontinued the e-reader and then a year later they shut the 3g uh, internet off so you actually couldn't do it anymore i believe sony did one um let me just read this up here uh yeah the sony uh Reader Digital Edition had 3G internet access, and this is the only Sony one uh, that did it. Um, It was a 7-inch e-reader, so it was like the first e-reader was 7 inches, and I believe it came out in 2013 this was like the glory years where sony was like doing gangbuster business in the e-reader world with like the the prs 300 prs 500 PRS 600 and then they did the 350 650 and then a daily edition and this was when sony was like making a ton of money in the e-reader business this was like the glory days of the e-reader business uh in general so sony was the last one to really try 3g uh kobo never did and a lot of European brands never did. Uh, Now it's basically Barnes and Noble tried it and now they just do Wi-Fi. Kobo never tried it, just offers Wi-Fi. Sony got out of the e-reader business altogether, makes the digital paper e-readers, but they don't have Wi-Fi on them. So Amazon is the only company that offers 3G, which is a shame because I find that, you know, even with 3G you can shop for ebooks and download ebooks and it equates to more people doing business with you. Now, I I don't really think that Kobo and Barnes and Noble and these other companies are they're not telling people that hey, you know, you can use it on the go by using your Android or your iPhone and turning on like a wireless hotspot and connecting up to like a wireless hotspot and being able to uh um, purchase books they don't really do that they they don't have any online tutorials there's really no videos there's there's nothing that teaches people how to do that or even making them aware to do it and the vast majority of people who are uh listening to the show are pretty tech savvy you know you don't have any problem doing the more Uh, unconventional advanced things with e-readers but your average person not too tech savvy they just buy something and they expect it to work they'll never sideload anything they'll never download pirate books from the internet and like load them on they they don't really know how to do it they just they what they have they want it to work and those are the people that you know would buy an e-reader that has 3g that's not a Kindle I really believe that, like, Kobo is probably in the best position to offer a 3G model, even if it's just, like, a SIM and um, allowing people to put in, like, their own SIM cards into it. Um, You know, there's a lot of phones that have, like, dual SIMs or even three SIMs on it. So you can use uh, your SIM card if you travel a lot and you have a U.S. plan, you have a Canadian plan. When you go to the U.S., you take out, like, the, uh, you know, Canadian SIM, you put in an American SIM. Some phones have two SIMs. So they're always just permanently in, so you never have to change it. I'd at the very least like to see SIM cards. I mean, SIM cards are, add, you know, a dollar to two dollars more. And Kobo's already designing their own e-readers with electronics, anyways. Same with Barnes and Noble; they're doing all their e-readers with electronics. Getting a SIM card and you know in it at the very least is no big deal i really believe that like kobo and barnes and noble in order to drive sales which obviously barnes and noble is desperate to drive more sales to their digital bookstore as i've said on many shows um they're a company that is dying on the vine and it's through the, like their own doing and it's just be- for one of the things it's like They've never ex- really expanded outside the U.S. market. They've tried haphazardly to go into the U.K. They only survived there for a few years. Uh, they were selling ebooks in Europe via the Microsoft uh, store. Um, it only lasted like a year. Microsoft gave Barnes & Noble $300 million because they wanted to start selling ebooks and... Um, That was like that was just wasted money. Uh, I think Microsoft got back 50 million of it and Barnes & Noble just basically lost it all. (laughs) How they lost that much money just selling books uh, through Microsoft. So Microsoft was like the facilitator of it. Barnes & Noble just provided like the actual uh, content so bunch of nobles tried to expand uh it's they did it very haphazardly they just they didn't hire the right people um like kobo when they move to a new market uh they do competitive research they find out okay Where can we sell our e-readers? The vast majority of our e-reader sales aren't in like big box stores; they're in bookstores. Okay, we're gonna find out who the biggest bookstore is. Uh, Okay, we don't really know anyone there. Let's hire an agent uh, locally that's dealt with these bookstores before. Okay, this agent's on first name basis with like the executive team at the bookstore. Great, we can get our hardware in the bookstores. Uh, Who are the big publishers in this country that we're moving into? don't know okay let's hire like some people that used to work at those publishing companies that has like a rolodex of all these content like uh, people who work in various places let's hire them the co builds a team in all the countries that they're in so you know when kobo france kobo spain uh kobo like uh when they were in germany they and then they bought a controlling interest in Tolino they have people working there uh from kobo basically in every market where kobo is there they have teams that they've built there and they stay there in order to uh try new things and this was allowing them to really uh, do the Kobo Plus subscription program. Uh, they're doing it like in Netherlands and in one other country. And it allows, um, you know, it's, a, it's the first Kobo Unlimited subscription service. And they've been running it quietly uh, for a few years, just working out the kinks. But they have an awesome team where they're at. Uh, they have bol.com, B-O-L.com, which is like their main partner that uh, facilitates a lot of the content. Uh, Bol, um, they sell Kobo readers online. They promote Kobo Plus. Online Kobo directly does Plus Online. So if you live in the Netherlands, you can subscribe to Kobo Plus on the e-reader. You can subscribe to it on the Kobo website, on a Bull website. You can go into the store and purchase a subscription card, like you know when you go into supermarket in the U.S. There's like the iTunes cards, the Amazon cards. You can actually get Kobo Plus subscription cards and give them to the people. It's really awesome. But I I think like you know. One of the reasons why Barnes & Noble hasn't done so well is they haven't built teams like that. They've just, like, moved people from the U.S. to, like, the other markets and just expected things to work, and they didn't. Um, So I don't know if Barnes & Noble is in a position to actually make the call to let's do, like, 3G Internet access, at least in the States. I mean, Barnes & Noble, to their credit, only markets this to the States, and there is a lot of carriers in the States that have, like, you know, 3g networks you know their lte is like the standard 5g is like the like the sort of what all the infrastructure is being built at and so fewer and fewer people are using 3g you allocate that some of that bandwidth to barnes noble they licensed some of the 3g bandwidth and you know you charge people or you integrate it into like the actual charge of like the the hardware itself but to, to be honest Barnes Noble would sell more ebooks because people aren't always in Wi Fi areas. It's, it's why you buy a waterproof e reader, like I just kind of mentioned a segment back. Where you could have the freedom to be at the beach. Is there Wi-Fi at the beach? Usually not. If you're on the dock or in an inner tube, there's no Wi-Fi. And uh, you know, if you want to, if you finished reading everything that you wanted to read, like romance, you know, there's a lot of women and men that read romance novels. A lot of those people devour them at a ravenous pace. Sometimes reading a novel a day. If you bring three or four books with you when you're away for like a week, you can get through all the in like the first three or four days and what if you want to buy more content oh there's no wi-fi you can't buy any more content Uh, you know because i have a kobo i have a nook i have uh, a pocketbook you know it doesn't have you know 3g internet access so you have just basically lost like four or five book sales by not having it and i could just shudder to think how many book sales that kobo's lost because their users live in remote areas uh, canada for example uh very remote country the like 70 percent of them the population lives within like 300 or 400 kilometers from the u.s border it's like all the big cities are hugging the u.s border partly because it's all fresh that's where all the lakes and stuff are but you know it's it's more temperate climate and But if you don't live in any of those big cities, uh, which is a lot of the population, you don't really have reliable internet service. And it's like that in the States too. Like if you live in the grain, like the rust belt or the grain belt, or if you live like in like North and South Dakota, you know, um, there's a lot of states, Texas, there's a lot of states, Arizona, that, that are wide open. There's a lot of wide open spaces where there is no wireless internet connection. Some people living there just like it that way. But a lot of e-reader companies are missing out on a great opportunity to have 3G, at least, internet access so people could buy books remotely remotely everybody could use their cell phone for the most part unless you live in or you're visiting death valley where it's just it's like a a dead zone you know if you bring your phone out there you're not going to even get reception Uh, there's a lot of the world like that but at the same time there's a lot of people in the world that are just getting 2g internet 3g internet and that's it and i believe that companies that sell e-readers would make more money selling digital content, which at the end of the day, the reason why e reader prices have really come down over the years, um is because of digital content. That's why Amazon can afford to sell their forty nine dollar Kindle seven tablet or why you can get the Kindle basic on sale for thirty nine dollars or the paperweight constantly discounted to $89 $79 $69 regular price 119 they can do that because if you're buying that device the only place where you can buy ebooks is through Amazon so Amazon starts bundling all their services on all of their devices eg goodreads and things like that um, so you could be more invested in their ecosystem and Uh, Amazon is the number one e-reader company because they're the only ones that really offer 3G as an alternative to purchase and there's a lot of people that pay that premium like $90 extra to buy an e-reader with uh, 3G and I believe if Kobo were to do the same thing like have like a base Wi-Fi model charge like 50 or 60 or 70 dollars extra with a 3G and the reason why I, I'm promoting this is because there's no monthly costs. Like on your phone with, with data or with voice, you're paying monthly costs. You don't pay anything monthly with the Amazon for their 3G internet access, uh, whether you're a Prime member or not a Prime member. You're, it's like you're spending that extra money and getting like access to buying books and downloading books. That's basically how it is. And you're not really using much data. I'm pretty sure that Barnes & Noble and Kobo and other e-reader companies could really kind of figure that out. And I really kind of hope that they're listening to the show. and They realize that this is something that people want. This is something that will encourage them to buy a premium priced e-reader to have like uh, 3G or 4G internet access. They can download e-books and audio books. Uh, They could, you know. They can just read and not be limited. And, you know, reading is freedom. And this is, like, why I think print is uh, enjoying a resurgence. You've read countless things on Goody Reader about it, how, you know, print, even in 2018, and like, the first six months of 2018, it's, like, up between 2 and 5% uh, for, for a lot of different genres. But uh, all in all, it's up, like, it's up multiple percentage points. And it's because people kind of realize that when you have a book, you don't have any limitations. Uh, Limitations in our ownership, limitations in giving this book out to a friend, um, limitations about selling it secondhand. When you buy an ebook, you don't actually own it, you're licensing it from the company that you are and buried in the terms of service. They could turn your account off at any time, losing access to all these purchases. Uh, you could be doing business with a bookstore that's going out of business and suddenly the hundred books you bought from them no longer to be accessed. It's hard to trust ebooks and um, it's that trust factor. Um, Not to mention that they've dramatically increased in prices over the years, uh, which is why I believe that libraries this year are on a record level of increasing millions of checkouts so in 2017 there were 58 libraries in the u.s and canada that surpassed uh, 1 million checkouts but this year 66 libraries are on pace and there's a re- record is being braced there's uh seven on, on pace for 4 million loans on two on pace for 5 million loans most libraries around the world are seeing an 11% increase uh, in loans uh, for people borrowing both ebooks and audiobooks. And so that's one of the main beneficiaries is libraries that are people are saying you know ebooks and digital content is pretty expensive i'll borrow them from the library hey can my e-reader borrow books from the library well the answer is no if you live in the states you can actually borrow ebooks from overdrive and send them to your kindle but it doesn't work outside the u.s if you have the kobo aura one or the kobo aura one limited edition e-reader that's the only other e-reader in the world that allows you to buy to borrow browse check out and read directly on your kobo why hasn't kobo ever done that with any of their other devices since the kobo aura one my mind is truly boggled maybe it's because they want people to pay like the you know the the the, the cost of the aura one I think it's like 299 or a little like above 300 maybe it's they want people to buy their premium e-reader but it's already two years old it's time for, for a firmware update for all of their e-readers to get give overdrive functionality uh, it's it's time folks so I want to know in the comments section what do you think that if say Barnes and noble implemented a 3G internet access in the states? and Kobo didn't, would you switch to Barnes & Noble because they allow you to buy books anywhere or would you continue to use your Kobo with Wi-Fi? You know, situations like that, um, conundrums. I wanna know what you guys think about that. And you can drop it in the comments section if you're listening to this radio show on Stitcher, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and a myriad of other apps. Uh, you can drop a comment on our website, goodyreader.com slash blog. Uh, usually our this radio show is on the front page. If you're listening to it, maybe not, you know, the day after that we've recorded it, uh, you can click at the top on uh, navigation bar media and then uh, Goody Reader Radio and then check out our archives. We have hundreds of shows that we've done over the years and we've redoubled our efforts to uh, produce more uh, content on a weekly basis so we're trying to aim for three episodes a week uh talk about things that we don't normally write about on the website dive deeper into issues um we're gonna have some get upcoming guests some staff writers some people in the industry coming up i can't really mention them right now because i'm just slowly starting to um you know search for guests and things like that Uh, if you have any questions as well on this radio show you can uh, drop a comment and the next show will actually answer them we might do some sort of like System where you could request questions and things like this. But for now, on the latest show, if there's a question you want us to answer or an issue that we, you want us to dive deeper into, you can comment on uh, the discuss you know platform and whatnot, or comment on Facebook, or even tweet us at Goody Reader on Twitter and send us a DM. Uh, we can answer your questions on last sh- and next show. So uh, thanks for listening, everyone. My name is Michael, and you've been listening to the Goody Reader Radio Show. And have a nice day.